Today I'm going to tell you a little story about a baby magpie. I live in Hobart now, but I used to live with my family in a beautiful suburb in Sydney with lots of tall trees and native birds, magpies, kookaburras, currawongs, butcher birds, you name it. We had sulphur-crested cockatoos, rainbow parrots, all of them. It was just such a beautiful place to live. And anyway, this is a story about one little baby bird, a little hatchling, only just starting to grow its feathers, that fell out of the great big tree just outside our house. And as it fell on the ground, dazed, it got up, it didn't seem to be hurt, and then a car was coming along the road just as we spotted it. And the car ran over the top of it, and the poor little thing got a hell of a shock. But, of course... Each tyre went each side of the bird. It was fine, but just very shocked. Totally helpless. So we went and picked this little creature up. I don't know whether it was a boy or a girl, but in this story, how about we just call it a little girl and I'll refer to this little creature as a, a her and a she because I think it's nice to give animals uh, gender rather than just calling them it, seeing their beautiful creatures with feelings. Anyway, we picked up this little bird and there was no way we could put it back into the nest. The tree was very, very tall, a big old gum tree, maybe 150 years old, this beautiful tree. Uh, So we took the little bird inside and we made a little box for it, a little comfortable box, put the little bird inside and um, gave it some water tried to give it some food, but we really didn't know what to do with this little thing. Um, anyway, and because it was pretty much skin and bones and hardly any feathers, we knew that at night we'd have to bring this little creature inside or it could die of cold. So we rang up the wildlife people first to see what advice they could give about how to save a little baby magpie. And the woman I spoke to wasn't too... Um, confident that we could save the life of this little bird but she said get some dog food and water it down and feed the bird that way and keep it warm at night she said so she didn't say bring it to me and I'll care for it she just assumed we could care for it and but she assumed it would probably die so anyway our little magpie stayed with us in the house and out on our deck for three weeks Each night, we'd take her inside to keep her warm, and each morning, we'd put her back out on the deck. On the first morning, I took her out about six o'clock in the morning, and there was her mother and her father standing on the deck, knowing, you've got our baby, where's our baby? They knew exactly what had happened and where their baby was, and they were obviously very concerned. So... Uh, the parents were relieved when we brought little baby out in her box and uh, we did feed the baby what we'd been advised but also mother knew where baby was mother knew she couldn't carry the baby back to the nest and so she would come every one or two hours every day bringing the little baby food a moth or a grasshopper or a cricket and we'd give some water in a syringe sometimes or some watered-down food when we thought baby might be hungry. The baby became completely at ease with us. 
just thinking it was perfectly normal to live with humans, and it would wander around in the sitting room, and it would sit on our lap or on the cushion. Sometimes uh, Mother would come in too and walk around the house. Mother completely trusted us. She, even with her beak, because magpies are very clever, knew how to open the sliding door from the deck into the sitting room, and she'd open the door, come in, look at her baby. She knew where the fridge was in the kitchen, and she knew that in the fridge was some nice minced meat for me to feed her. So uh, she'd come in and go to the fridge, and look at it, tell us to give her some food. She'd feed some to the baby, and then she'd take the rest and either eat it for herself or go off and feed what we suspected was another little baby bird still in the nest. She was very dedicated as a mother and obviously needed a lot of food, either from the insects she found or from our help. Uh, one day Mother came in and she was so relaxed with us, she decided to um, examine the whole house. And she went down the hallway and into each bedroom, had a good look around, then came out, asked for some more food and off she went. So she was a beautiful creature, very beautiful creature. Uh, the baby loved sitting on our laps and being stroked gently, as all creatures do. And on hot days, I'd fill a baking dish of water, put the baking dish on the table outside, and baby would hop in, drink the water, sit in the lovely pool of water. She had a lovely time. And sometimes we'd squirt the water down her throat so she could get a drink. After about 10 days, when her feathers had grown more, we started taking her out for flying lessons. We thought maybe mother would be doing this. Anyway, we took her out and got her to perch on a stick because, you know, she hadn't been doing any perching. We thought maybe that's important. Really, we didn't have a clue what to do, but that's what we did anyway. And we moved the stick up and down to try and give the bird some exercise with its little wings. Um, mother watched on, and sometimes if she thought we were a little bit rough moving the stick up and down, she'd come down and squawk at us. Anyway, we did it because we thought baby needed a bit of practice with its wings. Um, there also seemed to be a teenage member of the family from a previous hatching. And one afternoon, the teenage bird came and sat with the baby bird on the deck for about an hour. And he just seemed to be there sitting, babysitting and keeping the baby company. And the next day, I don't know whether this teenage bird somehow managed to communicate with the little baby, as though they'd had a heart-to-heart -heart talk, but the next day, the baby had his first flight, accompanied by his mother. Mother came to the deck and she managed to fly down and make a smooth landing near the clothesline, but her little baby wasn't very good and he pretty much, she, the baby pretty much plummeted um, to the ground, trying desperately to flap her wings as well as she could. Uh, but mainly her flight was either horizontal or vertical. Not much... Uh, ability to aim or control herself. Uh, finally, she did get to the ground and men then the mother flew off into a palm tree and wanted the baby to follow. Baby did try to get into the palm tree and um, did manage to land on, on a branch. Um, but then she got stuck and couldn't work out how to get out of the branches to somewhere else.
and finally she fell out of the tree. She didn't hurt herself, but she landed on the ground. And birds, you know, by watching this little hatchling learning how to be a fledgling, uh, it's obviously a difficult thing for a bird to learn how to fly, just as it is for a human child to learn how to swim. You know, when we're learning to swim, we do our strokes really quickly because we think if we don't stroke quickly, we're going to go under the water. And in fact, it's the, it's the exact opposite. We need to do smooth, slow strokes to keep up in the water. Well, same with the birds. And this little bird would madly panic and flap its wings very, very quickly. But that didn't work. And I'd watch the mother and she'd just give a few smooth flaps to fly. But this little baby was desperately trying to stay up in the air by flapping very quickly. She flapped her wings about ten times to the mother's one. And uh, as far as stopping and trying to land on a fence or stopping anywhere, she found it very hard to put on her brakes, whether where, where her mother could just land on a, a fence beautifully accurately with all her years of experience. Uh, after that, when about five weeks had passed, uh, baby bird had grown much bigger. There was some white developing on her wings. She'd been all black before that. And she'd become a much better flyer, far more accurate. Not as skilled as her mother, but getting much better. And sadly, she'd forgotten who we were. She'd got so used to being back with her bird family, she'd forgotten that we looked after her. Um, however, that's good. She went back to her, her own proper family. However, she would never have survived without our help at the beginning. Uh, as I said before, she had another fellow hatchling up in the nest and sometimes I wondered if that bird had pushed this little uh, girl baby out of the nest. I don't know. Anyway, the let's call him a boy baby. He was much better at flying. He seemed to have a, he have had a head start in lessons by a week or so. So he was more skilled and stronger in his flying. So that was the uh, little story about the magpie. Now, the mother bird is still great friends with us. She trusts us completely. And I don't think she's ever forgotten that we helped her baby to survive. And she comes in several times a day for a snack. And her babies come to us and um, they realise that because mother trusts us, that they can trust us and they will take some meat out of our hands too. We feed them minced meat because they are meat eaters. Um, and uh, baby bird watching her learn to feed herself, uh, she didn't have any idea. She'd dig for sticks and stones and she really still relied on her mother to give her proper food. You know, it takes a bird not just time to learn to fly, but also to learn how to f feed itself. And so the two babies were still being fed when they were almost as big as the mother, which is pretty normal, I think, for birds. So anyway, that family of five magpies lived very happily in the nest, up in the big tall gum tree just outside our house. And it was lovely that we, as a family of five, could be such friendly neighbours with this bird family of five. It was lovely to have some interspecies goodwill, a very nice thing.